I, I definitely didn't think I had talent because at the time, you know, I was just as a kid, you know, I guess I didn't, you know, I love to perform at big family. We used to sing and dance all the time. So I guess that, that, you know, that came back. I was never, never afraid of speaking in front of people and that kind of thing. I was, it was just, it's such a learning experience. It's back to being a kid is when I used to write all the time. I used to, you know, just, we'd walk down the street and sing and dance. It's, I had a different kind of brotherhood in the military. Um, I was always myself, so I didn't really fit in. You know, I was, it seemed like I was a little older. I, you know, I came in late, you know, the things I like to do just didn't fit in with this, with this system. Like I like to read, I'd always have a book with me in my pocket. I'd pull it out and read, you know, a, a journal I always write. And um, so it put me into like a different kind of a grouping within the military. And um, just to be able to do everything now, it's just, it, it's just, yeah, I know all the suicides and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of, it's, that's hard because I've got, you know, losing friends all the time. And um, I feel like this is what's um, kept me away from all that. Hi, I'm Chris Whiteout. Welcome to Living It, the podcast where we join experts in the experience of being human. Be bold. Say yes to adventure. Say yes to living it. Welcome to Chris Whiteout, Living It, where we talk with experts in the experience of being human. Today, we have Jeremiah Kaur, who is a good friend from a long time ago. I'll get into some of that in a second. He went to Eastern Connecticut, Eastern Connecticut State University where he played some baseball, eventually joined the Army, stayed in for 20 years, 10 years in special ops, three tours of Iraq, won an outstanding volunteer award for having the most volunteer hours of any service member for two years when he was stationed in Germany. I remember him back when we were in middle school. We played on the same baseball team. And he was the guy who would hit a routine ground ball to shortstop and beat it out every time. I also, and we're going to get back into this too, we went to what was then the Soviet Union to play soccer back in 1984. And what I remember most from that trip was you breakdancing for the other teams. This was Michael Jackson. This was Thriller. This was the big thing. And all these guys are watching you breakdance. I think that was more of a connection for them to the U.S. than anything else. So, Jim, so Jeremiah, welcome. Yeah, thanks, hey, Chris. Thank you, thank you. If you call me Jimmy once while I I got it because that's you know we know each other. It was you were Jimmy a while ago. So anyway, it's all good. But I want to respect the respect the Jeremiah now. So it's interesting to watch. Like I mean, I remember you as 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 probably the best athlete in in our school, and that was where we interacted but then i've been able to watch you on social media i've seen that you've gone to the military being in special ops the volunteer stuff i remember i saw one post where you said you're a you're you're a black hippie i think yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's been a bit of a transition are you the same person now that i knew almost 40 years ago yeah, I really think I'm the same. Um, which is kind of weird. I think it's just um, I can do things that, as a kid, I had so much respect for an elder that if you told me something, I did it. So I would never really. A lot of times, I never said no. I never said what I liked. Um, so, I mean, there's no adult to tell me no. So 
I get to do a lot of the things that, you know, that I want to do. I've learned to say yes to myself at, the, you know, at a certain point. So, and it's very recently. Well, it's very recently. So you were in the military and, and you had, you had a jump that kind of went wrong. As you said, it was more of landing that went wrong, but you call it a jump. And that was sort of the end. And now you're, now you're into the acting thing. And when did that start? How old? Because obviously you did some plays when you were a kid and that kind of thing. And you were a performer in the breakdancing stuff. But when did you say, I'm going to be an actor? The acting stopped, you know, in fourth grade. I remember we did Oliver. And of course, I wanted to be Oliver. Every, every kid wanted to be Oliver. And uh, I remember it went to Richard Zeitlin. We're still friends now. I never, I'll never forget. His mom... British show she had an accent so it's like oh they're gonna give it to Richard and they did um and I was just really upset I was like man I want a bigger part um so I stopped and then I got back into it completely random um so I was stationed in El Paso Texas at Fort Bliss mm -hmm. and um I was having a hard time I didn't want to I didn't want to um to be at that duty station because it was it was no more no more special operations so no more jumping on the planes no more all that fun stuff and um and I was by myself, um, going through like a terrible time, a terrible, you know, divorce. And um, my friend I was renting a house from, and she said, you know what? You need some background noise or some music while you're walking around. So I had a TV, which, you know, she's like, just take it out, plug it up and get an antenna. And so I had that on and I just happened to walk by and the local news in El Paso was saying they need the extras for a movie. So I was like, okay. So I went the next day and um signed up to be casting as an extra and this is 12 strong is that is that, that was yeah that was yeah yeah that was 12 strong and um and i never heard back they called me and i didn't i missed the call so i called back and i didn't get an answer so i was like oh no that's it my career is over and it didn't even start um and then I come to find out i ended up doing um waco the miniseries and that's how that's how everything started so you know, so how did you? I mean, you're you're telling us that's how it started, but it's not that easy, right? It's not just hey, by the way, I'm here. I want to act. Can I be in your mini series? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you had to audition for this. There were probably a whole lot of people. How and 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 you probably hadn't really auditioned since fourth grade, and you probably didn't audition for real in fourth grade either. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um. What? I mean. I mean, so the background was just, you know, sign up and go background. You just kind of like, you know, do this, do that, whatever. Um, and I just liked it so much. Um, I met someone on the set and I was like, hey, how do I, you know, get to, you know, to get these to get these speaking parts? And she recommended her agent. Um, and I just Googled, you know, acting classes in El Paso. There was nothing. So I drove four hours some El Paso Albuquerque once a week, then twice a week. And um, and then started doing plays in El Paso with the El Paso Playhouse, and um, and it, I guess it went really fast because a year and a half later I had actually been signed to that agent, and and I had an audition like, I think three days within a week of signing with her, she had me audition for a part which I did not get was in um Tom Hanks, oh, I forget the movie he was um. So bad. He it's a western, but it was filmed in, in Albuquerque and Santa Fe. Oh, interesting, huh? But yeah, I mean, just a week later, I didn't get that part. But I mean, yeah, I've had some. That's how it started, you know. And I know I've been very fortunate 
uh, to even get auditions, <clears throat> much less book any parts. What's the, what made you think, I mean, was it, were you driven by passion to do it? Was it distracting yourself from your divorce, as you were saying, or did you think, hey, I might have some talent. This might be something I'm good at. What would what made you take that step? Because well, acting's a scary step sometimes. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely didn't think I had talent because at the time I wasn't um how you say I didn't see myself really positively at the time still, even that was just recently. You know, I was just as a kid, you know, I guess I didn't, you know, I love to perform at big family where it's just sing and dance all the time. So I guess that, that, you know, that came back. I was never, never afraid of speaking in front of people and that kind of thing. I was, it was just it's such a learning experience. It took me back to being a kid is when I used to write all the time. I used to, you know, just we'd walk down the street and sing and dance. Or like we were talking about the Russia thing. It's like, well, I'm just sitting there having fun. It's like, this is like me and you. I see like one person, I'm dancing with this one person. You know, and it's just, it's so much fun. You know, I just, I'm just, you know, I just, I can't explain it. It's just so, it's, I learned something every new, every single day. Coming out of the military, was there a need to go back to being a child? Like, I mean, everything, it, it's so serious. Obviously you have the sense of community, the sense of brothership, brotherhood in the military, but you, you, I'm sure you've seen some really bad stuff and then to return and sort of grow as a human being was that part of the transition or how did it work it's worked out for me you know we have the um the third class of behavioral health and um and when i went from from fort lewis from special operations we have our own um we have our own office to regular army where it was like i can make an appointment maybe in a month so the classes end up as like as a therapy and replace that um and the, just the military i mean it's i had a different kind of brotherhood in the military um i was always myself so i didn't really fit in you know i was it seemed like i was a little older i you know, i came in late um you know the things i like to do just didn't fit in with this with the system like i like to read I'll, i'd always have a book with me in my pocket i'd pull it out and read you know a, a journal i always write and um, so it put me into like a different kind of a grouping within the military. And um, just to be able to do everything now, is just, it, it's just, yeah, I know all the suicides and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of, it's, that's hard because I've got, you know, losing friends all the time. And um, I feel like this is what's um, kept me away from all that. You know, I don't, it's, yeah, it's kept me away from all that. Well, more more veterans are dying from suicide than they are in active duty, right? I mean, this is one of the biggest issues is, is making that transition back to home, back to whatever life you have. And, and certainly seeing friends, seeing brothers taking their own lives has to be brothers and sisters probably taking their own lives. It's, it's got to be really super hard and that mental health aspect, it's interesting that acting is so much of that for you because acting, I shared a little bit, like I've done a little bit of acting enough to know that it really was some of the 
best education that I've had given all of my education. Like for everything that I'm doing, that idea of being present, being in the moment, having having a motivation, letting go is such a great education and being being honest, like being willing to sort of be open and vulnerable. In the military, I'd imagine open and vulnerable is not necessarily the route that you're going. So this is a fairly decent 180, right? Yeah, being open and vulnerable in the military is not, it's it's hard. You know, you really have to, um, once you do that, you know, you commit to it, then, then, you know, you got to kind of stay that course or just do it, you know, kind of on your own, you know, like, you know, if you have a book like I did in my pocket, you know, you might want to pull it out all around the corner, you know, or just write, you know, because um, you kind of get labeled as whatever that is. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, that the act, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole uh, different set of, of vulnerabilities and being open and exposed. And um, it, it, and that's been fun. It's because it's, it's really been a learning experience about things that I didn't didn't know were there. Um, didn't know that I had, you know. So it's 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 been great. What kind of stuff were you writing in your journal? If you don't mind me asking. Well, you get the the random things that you know. If you like to the thoughts that come in your head. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, random. Um, and then I would just do. I remember one thing in particular. I really remember it was, um, you know, I take with me every time we had a, a break, you know, and it was, you know, if it was a comment, if it's, it was safe, I'll just write, you know, just a regular journal. But I remember one one thing in particular I wrote was um, we had these, um, the first place we were with these, these bunkers. And so I would just walk around and um, walk up and down, walk up the bunker, walk across and go down it. And I would just, one time I just sat there, I had my rucksack and I was just trying to get some exercise and I sat there. I just looked up at the at the at the moon, the sun sun setting, and I was just writing. I was like, "There's probably there's got to be an Iraqi soldier um, on the other side of this fence doing the same exact thing." And um, and that like really hit me, you know. I would imagine because it, it's that human connection, right? Where you guys are on opposite sides but yet having the same experience, which was a lot of the reason back when we were at Eagle Brook School that we went to the Soviet Union. Yeah. To recognize, because that was back, that was Reagan, that was Gorbachev, that was, uh, you know, it's like, what? why Why does your guy have, have his finger on the button to send the nukes to us? And they're asking us the same thing. Yeah. And we're recognizing that that we're ultimately, that we as human beings are, are connecting. I mean, just geopolitically, whatever. I mean, there are different things that are going on. What did that, what did that experience writing it in your journal? What did that, what did that bring to you? Because I mean, this is, this is, this is a reflection. This is almost you looking in a mirror. Yeah. But then it's also seeing the enemy in the mirror, which sometimes we are our own enemy as well. You know, when we look in the mirror, so how did that hit you personally? It made me think of, um, I mean, talking back really to like being a little kid, you know, um, everything was fun, you know, um, 
even a struggle was fun. <clears throat> and, um, you know, just going out, I would just write things. I felt like I'd go out, you know, you see little kids running or playing, um, some people going back and forth to work. Um, at one point, I was um, on a team. We went out for six months, so we got to, like, interact with the locals. <clears throat> and, you know, sitting down and they got some food from the garden, just sitting down and eating the, the food and everything. I mean, I had these experiences, and I, I would just, you know, I'd write about them. And uh, like you said, in your book, is the same thing. It was like, And I'd forgotten a lot, a lot about that, that Russia trip. And um, <clears throat> not really knowing that, 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 you know, you're perceived as an enemy. You know, or um, or not as a not as a friend, and it's hard. You know, as a, um, plus we're you know we're kids, and I was like, I don't know anything about all this political stuff. I'd see another kid, you know, our age, or we're playing soccer. You know, I'm break dancing. These people are watching. You know, I. So it was the same thing when I was when I was um in all the deployments. It was hard to see. I saw the people. You know, and that, and I just you know write about that, and it, just, it took me back to wait, you know, to all that stuff. Because that is that transition that I think is is hard, right? Because it's almost like it has to be black and white kind of thing when you're when you're in that in that military kind of position of like we're right. I'm here to do a job. This is the job that I'm supposed to do, and it's almost like you have to have those blinders, but. I'd imagine the transition back is the hard part of like, then the world opens up for you and you have to ask questions that you hadn't asked before. Were you more prepared in some ways coming back from coming, coming out of the military because it's almost like you'd kind of pre prepared yourself. You'd, you'd, you'd reached out, you'd, you'd made some of those personal connections emotional connections in a time when emotion really is not something you're allowed to indulge in yeah um yeah the the transition was tough um for me mainly because um you know again like i was I was in the you know special operations community, and then I wasn't anymore. <clears throat> so for the last, can you describe what special ops is? I mean, I think we all sort of have an idea from watching movies. Yeah. What exactly is special ops? The term, like a lot of time, we use is like you know, we'll say big boy roles. So um, you know, it's a they're smaller units. Um, we kind of just kind of go in and and do work, and then go home. We wouldn't um. You wouldn't have like the really low haircuts and you know all that all that the rigid stuff people think that the military is. It was kind of like a lot of free thinking, and um, and then but a lot of um a lot of heavy heavy duty training, um, really hard training. You know, jump out of airplanes and you know learn learning how to do, um, carry heavy loads long distance and all the, all the stuff people think is crazy I thought it was so much easier and it's an exclusive group right I mean like you're aspiring to be in special ops yeah yeah it's uh, a lot of like you know I guess you could say auditioning in a way you know gotta do this gotta do that gotta pass this test um, and then no guarantee that you're gonna stay or go to the next step and and um, and it's 
yeah, so so that's like you know, special operations versus the regular army. It's like okay, everything is set by a clock and a time. We got to be here at six thirty till seven thirty. Then we're gonna be back here at nine. You know, nothing changes no matter where the time and place, the weather, the regular army, everything stays the same. And special operations is kind of like well, it's that uh, it's it's Monday, it's a holiday. We're not gonna come in at six thirty. You know, we can we can adapt, and the regular army just doesn't adapt. It just um, they just it's just it's not as, as specialized and um so so going from that um from being able to do that to come into work and in civilian clothes put my uniform on go do my job and then whether i have to stay late or, or come in you know or leave early that was the thing and it was just do your job then go home so to leave that to go to regular arm, it was like okay, schedule, schedule, schedule. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. You got to be at six thirty, then nine, then then one. It's like it was hard to take. So I lost that um, individual freedom, you know. And then I wasn't doing fun stuff, and jumping out of planes, all that kind of stuff. That you know was so much fun. Most people might think that's scary, but yeah, it's oh my goodness, it's so much fun. Uh, so I made a transition before just going to the regular army, and that was very hard because um, a lot of these people hadn't seen hadn't seen combat and definitely hadn't seen the level of combat. So it was hard to 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 work with with them because um, everything it was no trust. It's like, okay, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Do this. Do this. Do this. Um, so then my transition out of the army um, was a whole different set of circumstances because again i was going through a terrible divorce i was trying to find a new place to stay and actually i didn't even have i was actually when i left the army for like another year and a half i was actually homeless and actually living in my car Ooh. um so that transition was hard for me so i wasn't even thinking about the military um i was thinking about you know where am i gonna sleep you know I wake up is like my first i was okay Go, go do something. Where am I going to sleep tonight? Where am I going to stay tonight? So my transition was completely different. And this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I mean, you were, you, you gave your, your life because you started, you went into the military, you were ROTC, but went into the military after 9-11, right? Yeah. What was the, what, what, what was the impetus there? I mean, obviously 9-11, but, and being an ROTC, what was the thing like is it love of country is it what what was the thing that said that's it i need to go into the military yeah so i was in i was still in school um when that happened and actually i was funny i i was in boston the day that that happened the, the 9 11 and um and i just turned on the sports radio and um these people were calling you know i'm very upset So um, sounds like you know I'm an able-bodied male, so I'm gonna do what I can do. So um, so so that's what had me you know <clears throat> leave everything, going after duty, and um, and get started. And um, you know, and I just end up you know staying. You know, after I saw the, um, I wanted to whatever I could to go, you know, special operations route. And I was in I love this love in Germany. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep on doing this for a little while. 
who were some of your heroes? Like, I mean, you and I were baseball players, right? And I remember reading about a lot of those guys who were World War II, you know, like, I mean, Ted Williams, yeah. you look at him and and greatest hitter ever, but took yeah. what, three and a half years off to be yeah. a pilot in World War II and then Korea and that kind of dedication as the as a guy who's at the top of his field and then is at the top of his field to to do that for his country was it was it that kind of feeling and sort of honoring those heroes and those people who went before you yeah um so another thing i i couldn't get through so when you know my dad passed when i was 11 and i remember we, there was a flag on the casket so i asked my brother you know how did he get that and he said well he was in the military so right then i was like okay well i have to do that um and then like you know and it's what you're saying also is um is yeah um you know with, with ted williams and all those guys who um who left left what they were doing and then went to serve um uh yeah ted williams oh my goodness willie mays some of those guys i think joe joe berg catcher oh oh mo berg yeah yeah who is it who was the spy? Yeah, who was a spy? Yeah, was yeah, a... Princeton guy who was a catcher, like backup catcher, who, yeah, spoke yeah. like twenty languages. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and some of the guys actually went into action, and guys like Joe Lewis and who um did um kind of like barnstorming kind of things. So yeah, I, I wanted to um to do you know and you know and be a part of it. You know, I wasn't a professional athlete, and I thought you know had I made it as a baseball player. Um, I would have gone back anyway, you know, like, um, you know, like, like Pat Tillman had done. Right. Um, and then there's a Bob, Bob Kelsu, mm -hmm. um, who was a, who had passed away in Vietnam, played for the Buffalo Bills. I'd read a story about him, you know, so I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, I just, you know, whatever I can do that I'll do. And just to see those, you know, had those guys, those men had done it was, um, definitely something to, to look up to. And when you got in, did you say, I want to go to special forces? I mean, obviously you were, you were a great athlete, right? There's, there's that part, but it's also like, I know I have a good buddy of mine who was a Navy SEAL and he talked about the whole process of becoming a SEAL. And he, he said, you know, some of the guys that you look at and go, that guy's going to make it like that guy, no doubt about it. Like those are the first guys to drop out oftentimes. And was that part of the competitive nature for you, the greater desire to serve, to serve at the highest level you could? Yeah. So that was, you know, that was, that was all it was, was like, okay, I can jump out of airplanes. I can, whatever's going to make me a better person and a better leader and a better part of this team. That's what I did. And um, so it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a hard choice. It was like, I couldn't, honestly, I could not, that's I could not sleep at night because I was like, you know what? I wake up at two or three in the morning and I was like, I should be, you know, in the middle of nowhere with a rock on my back or lifting, you know, doing all these things. So it's like, I can, I'm sitting here in a nice comfortable bed. I can be better. So a lot of times that was hard to, um, to get through. And I didn't, that feeling didn't go away until like maybe a, a couple of years ago, even to my last day in the army. I was like, I always thought my last day would be finishing whatever the, the work the timing is for ranger school. I was like, I want to finish doing something like that, not just sitting on a, you know, in front of a computer. You want to be out there hustling, trying to trying to finish that test so that you qualify for ranger well, school. Well, I just I just wanted to be better and better and better. Yeah. 
Okay. And then, so that's, I mean, that's, that's the human thing, isn't it? The human thing of like wanting to get better. It's, it's, it's one of those challenges, isn't it? As we, as we get older in some ways, like having grown up as an athlete, you got to move that needle each day. Like you've got to be a little bit better. And that's what keeps you coming back is trying to get a little bit better. But it almost seems like we can get to a point where we get softer. Where we go, oh, okay, I've done the hard work. Now now this is the easy part. But I, I've always believed that that once we stop doing that is kind of when we start dying. Yeah. And, and so you chose to go into acting, which is one of those professions that you're, you're never done. You can always get better. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I just, I never thought about that with that, with being an athlete and wanted to do those things that, you know, you just said. So I guess that's the reason why stuff happens. Um, yeah. It's yeah. It's, I mean, I sit in class and, um, and I'll hear the teacher will say a name and I'll write the name down. You know, it can be it does anything, a director, dancer, and an, anyone. And I'll like literally want to leave class and then go out and research see who this person is. You know, whatever they, they're teaching that day, I want to go and do it. It's like, so it's it's really, it's really hard. And I'm so excited. I'm not sure you've had the same thing after class. It's like, I cannot sleep. So I'm up three or four hours, no matter what, you know, between the notes and and rehashing stuff and just, you know, yeah, it's just always learning. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many books I've started. Now I'm another one and it's hard. I'm, I'm reading like three plays right now <laughs> outside of classwork. What plays are you reading? I am reading A Raisin in the Sun, August Wilson, two August Wilsons, Joe Turner's Come and Gone. And I have, what is the other one? The Piano Lesson. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's hard because I've got, I'll read and then I'll stop and I'll read nothing, I'll stop, you know? But yeah, I just, I'm. it's just, it's a whole new world. And now I'm learning about, I mean, how did I not know about Sidney Poitier? You know, other than just certain things, but now I'm like watching stuff and I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And then I'll go to like Brando, I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my, it's, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, I, I'm I'm very, very happy with, um, with, getting to learn and learn and learn over and over again it is i mean that's the biggest gift in a lot of ways to be to be that immersed and that passionate in what you're doing that you will do whatever it takes did that revelation that you would do whatever it takes did that happen right at the beginning sort of in in like the 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 12,000 strong or 12 strong or or did it you know, go into the first audition. You're like, I'm going to do whatever I can. I like, this is it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. When did you, when did you come to that realization? I came to that, I think halfway through, uh, well, the, I think the first class when I had with, when I was taking those acting classes with uh, Laura Cunningham, who's amazing, amazing actor, amazing teacher and um, amazing mentor, amazing person. And I just realized that when she was like, you know, you are enough and never heard that before. And I was like, I am enough. And she's like, and I always apologize. And I met, you know, if I missed a line or anything, she's like, stop, stop saying sorry. Do not say sorry. Stop, stop, stop. And those flower rides home from the class, 
I was like, wow, I am enough. I, I do have talent, you know? Um, and I've always been someone who's reinforced by positive energy, you know, just, hey, you're doing a good job, or, you know, this was good, not yelling at me, so you, you know, not yelling, you can do better. Um, so, I mean, that all, that came out, you know, from having those classes. And it's always, I guess it's always been there. I was always afraid to say yes, yes to me. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's kind of the, the therapy that you're talking about that is the biggest therapy that you can have as an individual is like, yes, I'm enough. And, and, and at the same time, continuing to try to get better and to try to grow as an individual, you were always a pretty round person though. And I mean, I mean, not two dimensional, not, not calling you fat or anything, but, but a round person in the sense that, I mean, you're special ops. So you're like, you're, you're the hard guy. I mean, like, these are the tough guys. You're supposed to get in and out before anybody even knows that you were there. Right. And then you're doing some of this MMA style fighting, but then you're, you're uh, volunteering your time to the children's hospital in El Paso, like this sense of empathy and connecting with kids has that, is it hard to reconcile those, those different parts of yourself? I mean, no, it's just, I was felt like, you know, you're supposed to, whatever, what I got from everyone, um, you know, from, from you and people I grew up with all my life is like to, to, to listen, learn and give. You know, and um, and so if I can do jujitsu, I'm making myself better, and I'm learning something. I'm like, wow, I didn't know how to do this. You know, I never heard of this. How are you making yourself better in jujitsu? My goodness, I mean, you go in there, it's like you're humbled. You know, you think you know, you could be whatever weight, whatever size you are. No matter who you are on the street, you come in, it's like, okay, you know, this person fifty pounds lighter than me can do this and stop me from moving. It's like, wow, that's you know, and it's like, well, that's what this is. That's what that is. I never knew what that was. So, you know, you just, you're learning and then you forget something. And the next day you come back in, you learn something else. And with the constant learning, it's like, wow, I can, I can do this, you know, and it, and it's making me better because I'm, I'm a student, you know, it's something like you could be, that was the hard thing about, you know, I was one of the challenge, you know, to learn something new. It didn't matter if I was like the leader of, you know, say the captain of a baseball team. Okay. Now I want to go, um, to learn how to how to jump ropes, how to double dutch. Like I don't know how to. I'm no longer the best now. I'm I'm learning something, you know. Um, and have you always wanted to do that to push yourself to to leave this thing that you because you were a great baseball player, and to to go to double double dutch like, hey, this guy's really good at this now. Now he doesn't know what he's doing at all. Yeah, it's it's just like I guess it's it's humbling to le to do something that you don't know how to do. And to let someone else, it's really to let, to me, it's always easy to let someone else be in charge. And, um, and that's like the great thing. And to see, you know, like when I'm volunteering, to see like smiles in kids' faces, like when you're reading my book or when you're sitting with them in a the room or coloring, um, or walking them, you know, down the hall or feeding a baby and like the parents <laughs> walk in, which happened. Uh, you know, it's, it's, so, it's you know, you, you're getting this energy from them. And, it, and it's just, I mean, it can't, I mean, you just can't beat it, you know, and it, to give it to the community that you're in as far as the volunteering, it's like, okay, so now I'm in El Paso. So the community is treating me, what can I get back to this community? So that's how the volunteering 
you know, there started. And I, I'm not actually working on that right now, trying to get with the, the children's hospital here in LA. Cause I have to give, you know, do my community work here. So like, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. And, and that's community work. It's connected to your community. Not necessarily like you have, you have two sons. Yeah. It's not necessarily saying that, that it's a, it's a replacement for your sons. This is something that's, that's totally separate and just you connecting with your community. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just feel like you have to be a part of everything, to know what's going on, to volunteer somehow is, um, you know, it lets you, it, it just, I mean, it makes you better, it makes you involved, lets you know what's, you know, what's going on and to really be a part of everything. And, um, and I just feel like, I mean, it's almost like everyone, I would love it if everyone could do it and it just be a lot more happiness and more smiles and less stress. It's interesting that you say that to 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 effectively belong. Like the the step to belong is to is to volunteer, is to connect with your community because that is one of the challenges in looking at this suicide too, isn't it? With with veterans coming out of the military and and feeling that sense of separation, uh, it's a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Um it's it's a it's a huge challenge and like that's the one of the things you know that that um that helped me out is um is that is that volunteering and seeing there's other things out there not just not just the military not just you know now i can't jump out of planes anymore what am i going to do well i can't i don't i can't think of that because you know i've got this newborn baby i've got to feed and change you know and um and i'm just like i completely forgot about about the other stuff you know, I'm going home to an empty house. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going over here because it's Special Olympics are here today. And so we're going to set up the track, you know? And I mean, that's, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, the best way to get is to give, right? Is is kind of what you're saying. and But you give without necessarily thinking about what you're going to get back is is that you're just giving and and growing this community. And and seeing a different world, seeing this breakthrough, which is which is often so hard, especially as you get better and better at something. And then moving into a new field like acting, where I don't know, I I studied a little bit and I was actually I was I was getting my MBA at the same time as I was studying acting. And I felt pretty well prepared on the MBA side. I'd kind of leave and go, okay, yeah, I have things under control. And every single time I left acting class, I was like, I could have been better prepared. I really could have, I could have done more. I could have let go. And, and it's almost like, I mean, it's, do you feel like it's similar to being an athlete? Like the sense of performing? Well, being an athlete, I've never worried about, you know, baseball, I never worried about, is the guy going to throw a fastball or a curveball? I'm just going to hit it. I just doesn't, you know, I didn't worry about, am I going to forget how to swing the bat? Am I going to forget how to catch? And it, with, with the acting, it's different because I'm trying to get to a point where I don't worry about about my lines. And that's the biggest thing about me. That's why I would, I, why I would not, one of the reasons I would not do plays or anything for so long, because I was afraid, like, if I forget my lines, I'm going to ruin everything for everybody. And it's not fair. So I've let that go. And I, yeah, I mean, I see what you say. It's just, I mean, I just love it so much. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm not worried about it anymore. 
I, I know that I prepared and I know that I want to be here and I just, and I still want to do well for the person, you know, who I'm in the scene with or the person who wrote, you know, um, really, really respect what they did. And that, that's what makes it easy for me. Right. I mean, you have, you have a role to play, right? You're playing with somebody in a scene or potentially multiple people and you have to do their, your part so that they can do their part. Yeah. It is again, that sense of community. What's the sense of discipline? Like I was reading a little bit about, about Adam driver, just because he's a military guy who then went on to, you know, star Wars, Gucci, you know, variety of different things. M most of the people probably have heard of him, but he was talking about how he missed that discipline in the military, but also just that that sense of being in a place where you have to rely on other people for your success. Do you feel a similar kind of kind of connection to acting? I do, but so for his like his military experience was a little different, you know, because he was I mean he was a Marine, so it's a different branch of service, but he was still um, in the regular Marine Corps. So he, I mean, I can't speak for him, but, you know, going, working, doing the special operations and stuff was more individualized. So you had to rely on yourself and, and trust yourself. Um, so for acting, it's just, it's now it's, again, it's just, I got to trust myself, but I, I just, the discipline I need is I need, I really, really need the feedback from someone, you know, saying, I still need that positive, that positive, you know, positive influence, a positive thing said, it's like, hey, you did a good job today. You know, even if I know I didn't, like you you did this one thing right and that keeps you coming back. Because you do, it is one of those endeavors, I mean, which is, which is like sport. I often think that so many of my heroes in sports would say, well, it was, it was the mental part that allowed me to be successful is 90, 95% mental or Yogi Berra, whatever Yogi Berra said, you know, which was probably funny. And I don't, I can't even quote him right now, but it was like, <laughs> but, uh, but, but you look at that and people say, okay, that's what made me successful. At the same time, there aren't a lot of people who are helping you to build that sense of confidence that you pick something that was good today and remember that thing that was good because it helps you come back stronger tomorrow and gives you something to build on. But your, your position in acting is so, it is so tenuous because it comes with your confidence and your confidence is your ability to then let go and be in the scene and not think about what you're doing, but just act, just play. Remember my, uh, my acting teacher was talking, we were doing an auditions thing. And he said that they will hire you based on the first 15 seconds that you come into the room. Okay. That they're looking at you and you're looking at the room and like, okay, can this person, can this person act? Can this person, can this person play? Do they have the ability, which I'm thinking, you know, like we were doing like Shakespeare monologues. And so you're, you're preparing your Shakespeare monologue. And you're like, yeah. hold on are you telling me they're making a decision before I actually do this thing that I did all the work for? Yeah. I mean, it's hard, that sense of, that sense of confidence. Right. And, but, 
when did you like because you've done some things like it's you've gotten the breakthroughs you've gotten your you've gotten your sag card you're you're getting hired like how does how is that feedback i mean you obviously you want to continue to learn but with each step along the way do you feel like okay like like i'm getting there i'm i'm getting to be somebody i'm going to work which is one of the biggest questions right yeah you know i get that every day i mean just from just from being here like being in la now um i walk outside and i look around i'm like i realize like i'm in la like i'm doing this um I look at my phone and we've got the group chat for the, the class I'm in. And I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, I know people say like, oh, when you get big, wait, when you made it, I'm like, 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 well, I've made it. Like I'm doing this, you know, I did a, when I first stepped on stage in El Paso and we did um gold on Golden Pond and I walked in, you know, as Bill Ray and I said, I think that I think I saw a bear. I mean, right at that point, I made it. You know. So everything else is just like, it's you know, it's like, it's so weird. Like I see friends of mine who um, it just still makes emotion. You know, who've done like you know TV shows and movies, and I'm like, hey, let's go for coffee. You know, and I don't see them as like, you know how you know a TV star. I'm like. Yo, let's let's you know let's talk about whatever you know and um you know it's 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 i'm like it's it's like I'm, I'm cheating it's like i'm stealing you know everything i get is extra it's funny you say you're cheating you're stealing when you were when you were first saying that you're doing it it's almost like you're living a dream it's almost out of body did you have to give yourself permission this is the hard part for a lot of people right to give yourself permission to live that dream. Sometimes as we get older, it's kind of like the obligation side, like I need to do work and it's back to Tom Sawyer, right? It's it's like the work is something that body's disinclined to do, but you're doing the work and you love the work. It sounds like the work is the sense of that you've arrived. Did you have to give yourself permission to, to be free to do that work that you loved? No, it was, I mean, it was making me happy, you know, and I was learning new things all over again. Um, and learning, you know, learning about myself, learning about people in class, you know, this person didn't come or this person's late. And I was like, oh, well, you know, um, we have different reasons for being here. And it's, just, it's, it, it's never been, it's never been work. You know, it's always been, it's always been play. It's always been fun, you know. I mean, yeah. It's it's even when I do a scene, I look at the other actor, I look in the eyes, I look at their mannerisms, and I and I go, and I'm like, I didn't do anything. They they just took the lead, and I just followed. You know, I'm like, the, and I'm like, don't don't the people that don't let people know that I'm just, you know, I'm just reacting to what they're doing and what they're saying. It sounds like it's like baseball for you. See the ball, hit the ball, right? It's fastball, curveball. Just see the ball, hit the ball. It doesn't matter what it is that there's not that barrier 
in between you, like not that filter. Sometimes the filter is the most frustrating part of, right? It's kind of like, we feel like we have this inside of us and then we can't necessarily communicate it because it goes through this filter and then ends up coming out as something that has nothing to do almost with the origin yeah. of that thought or, or emotion. What do your boys think about what you're doing? Oh my goodness. All right. So this, so the, the two boys are Kijana is the oldest and he's here in LA and Amani is the youngest. And actually he went to Middlebury. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you sent me a note on that. He was just graduating when you sent me a note. Yeah. They're so happy that I'm happy, you know, and then all the stuff I've done, you know, they, with the military stuff and, um, you know, they knew I, you know, I played baseball and, um, you know, and they were really small. They don't remember any of that stuff. You know, when I went to the, the major league trials and didn't didn't make it, um, they're very happy. Um, and I've, I'm stealing from them. Like the oldest, my oldest Kijana, he was volunteering. I was like, I need to be like Kijana. So I'm going to, that's how I went. So I need to volunteer and make sure I volunteer, you know, between him and my a friend who I was renting the house in El Paso, volunteer. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be like him. And then Amani was always did plays up up until Middlebury. So I was like, okay, I I can act and I'll be like Amani. So it was like I was being like my children. So it's you know it's just so it's not even they they love it. They're really happy. Um, I've taken neither one of us interested at all in any aspect of it. They're not interested in any aspect of it. No, not at all. Um. Other than writing, which they both love to write, um, I had Amani come and do some extra work on a couple of shows when I was still in Albuquerque. And he was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do it anymore. And the oldest one, he on the same thing. He's here in LA and I always send him stuff. I'm like, yeah, hey, I have friends out here. You can do this or that. He's like, no, he just, he, he'd rather just, he'd rather write. So is he a writer? What, what did they do? What did both of your boys do? So, so Amani is a he's so he's a Mandarin speaker. So he's in a grad school. He teaches Mandarin. So right now he's in a in a fellowship program over there. And um wow. He'll be back in in August. So I'm gonna I'm trying to get him out here so we can often be together out in LA. Um and the oldest one, Kijana, he's actually working. Um he's not teaching, but he's working at, at Harvard Westlake. <laughs> so um and I was like, when he told me where he's working, I was like, I know that school, you know, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I you know, but, you know, he kind of, you know, downplays everything, but, but, uh, but yeah, they're out here and they're doing, they're doing very well. They're doing very well. In teaching you, it's interesting because I know you as an East Coast guy. I mean, Newton, Mass, outside of Boston. Yeah. And being East Coast and then, El Paso, Albuquerque, LA, riding horses. I mean, so many of your roles, you're like, I mean, you've got some of the military roles, you've got some of the Western kind of roles, some horror, some sci-fi kind of things. Like, like you're that that's a big difference from like the East Coast Michael Jackson influence guy that I used to know. <laughs> uh, I mean. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the West Coast was, you know, because the school, the Stella Atlas School is here and Kijan is here. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stay, you know, do LA instead of try to, instead of New York campus. Um, 
and you know new mexico is right here so i could always drive or fly back you know to rules and then come back here um so i mean i know eventually i'll go to new york when it's comes time to work out there for anything a film a tv or, or broadway um right now this is the place you know for me and um and i never really been here other than the audition for the school so i mean i'm you know, I love the West Coast. I don't know if, you know, being on the East Coast and then when you go to the West, especially as a, as a as a sports fan, I mean, come on, you can't, you can't beat it. We could watch a game, you know, have dinner and it's still, it's, it's light outside, you know? So, I mean, I'm loving that part of it. The weather, I mean, is fine, you know, but it's something different. I'm new people, you know, I mean, like I said, every day, it's just like, come on, it's, <laughs> come on, I mean, come on, I'm in LA, come on. That's awesome. Are you pinching yourself to a certain extent with the jobs that you've been getting too? Because it seems like, I mean, tell us what's your most recent movie that's just coming out, right? I mean, this is these, these are some big people. Yeah, uh, yeah so that was a uh, Dead for a Dollar uh, Western. Um, and that, yeah, so that's, um, it's got Christoph Waltz, Willem Dafoe, Richard Brosnahan, Warren Burke, Benjamin Bratt. Brandon Scott. Um, I mean, that was my my first uh major and and Walter is it White? Not Walter. Yeah, right. He's the director. He just played. I was in the Wars, and uh, I mean, it's just again, it's like come on, like I I auditioned for this part, you know, and I and I got it, you know, I got an email like, hey. You know, you you got this role of you know in Dead for a Dollar. Please accept. As if I'm gonna say no, you know. And um, you know, I'm screaming, running through that, you know, running around. People are like, what happened? They thought something was wrong. Um, and I mean, come on. And I and then to see, you know, to read, get the script and read it. And um, and I read, I must have read like four times, because I I'm like, wow, I'm reading a movie, and I'm like, maybe there's a part I'm missing. And then in my scene is with Christoph Waltz, you know, get to introduce him in the movie. And uh, I mean, I'm mean, again, it's like, come on. Well, that's so you tried out to play professional baseball and it didn't work out. But you're effectively like playing like this is like you're getting to play with like Big Poppy or something like that. Like you're on the same field and he's and, and you're your teammates effectively. Yeah. yeah, it's just I mean. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's like I'm. The, you get there, and I show up, and I'm like, I used, I started this as an extra, and so I show up on the scene, and now I have people who are like my, who are extras who are like part of my team, and I saw guys that I knew when I started as an extra. I'm like, hey, hey, you know, it was like a, it was like a reunion. It's like, hey, we're hugging and everything like that, you know, and you know, Christoph Walsh comes up, you know, say, hey, I'm Christoph, and I'm like, hey, I'm Jeremiah, and it's, you know, and this is like, you know, we have these conversations, and it was, and then you know, stop talking like. Should I not say anything? You know, you know, it's just, I mean, you know, and then for baseball, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's like teammates. And then, but you know what? I still get to, here's a great thing about it. I still get to be in the, I get to play for the Red Sox and I get to be in the Negro Leagues because I write. So I've written stuff. So it's like, I'm going to be, you know what I mean? So it's like, I get to do this. I didn't make it, you know, as a, you know, baseball player or whatever, but guess what? I'm still going to be on the field in civil uniform. So it's so much fun.
It is. It is. Do you enjoy the writing part? Is there is there one part that you enjoy more than than another? Or? I love writing. I mean, since I was a kid, and the reason. Okay, so I'll tell you a story. What happened in fourth grade? I I I won't say the the teacher's name, uh, but I I wrote a story. You know, homework, and I turned it in, and she she gave me an F. She's like, no. I'm like, well, what did I do wrong? And she said your sisters wrote this and they were in high school. So I was like, it was too good for a fourth grader to write it. So at that point I knew I'm a good writer <laughs> because of that. I know I was never upset. I never got mad. I never like went to the principal. I was like, she thought my sisters wrote it, you know, I was, and I was so happy. And to this day, I've never forgotten that. And so I write all the time, you know, and I never, um, yeah, I've never had to question what I'm writing other than punctuation and and maybe grammar because you know I could I could write a good story. Yeah, you know what goes into a good story. Yeah. And you've always known that. I mean, that's one of those things that sometimes you, you just have that you have that eye of like, what's the story? How's the story? How how does this story play out for you if you're writing? If you're writing because you're what 50, 52, 53, 54 kind of thing right now, right? So if you're writing your story, how how does this story play out for you? What's what's happening next? From my well, my life story? Or yeah, just, yeah. Oh, uh, come on, I get I come back in the the Living It podcast <laughs> and um with the next set of uh things that have happened. Think things that I I was able, you know, to write and then and share and like now with these people learn doing the same thing um you know come back here you know hey i get this award or that award or um we're gonna be in this festival or tell this story um and that's i mean that's what's next it's like i've got all these things and um who knows what's gonna happen to write and act in some ways in your own story is is kind of the ultimate goal write it and act in it yeah would you direct as well i wouldn't want to be in my own story i mean i've i've heard i've got a good story i heard that in high school <laughs> uh, no but i mean even like the story that you're writing you know i mean it, it could be fiction right yeah um i mean my goodness just i don't know what's gonna be next i don't know it's just you know something's gonna i'm gonna walk out the door and something's gonna inspire me and then now I've got another thing to write, another thing to read, you know, to get through. Don't know what's next, but you're excited to see. Yes. Yeah. That to me, I I just, I appreciate so much of what you've done. It's been great to reconnect after almost 40 years, which is crazy. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just so cool to see you following i mean i'm a big joseph campbell fan right so it's like following your bliss that thing that makes you happy and where you're you're not really working every day but you're you're doing something to get better and 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 just constantly trying to find something that's going to help and going to push you forward so i just i i look at your passion and just think that it's so cool and i'm so glad you're able to share it with me and with our audience. So thank you so much. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you. I have to be one of the, was it 100 most beautiful people? Was it 50, 50 oh, most beautiful people? Yeah. 50, see, that's what I need. 
that's what I need. That's the next more for my athletic career than anything. Yeah. My ability to make a living as an athlete. It that's did. what I need. Uh, awesome. Well, I, I don't, I, unfortunately, I don't know that they'd take my calls, but, uh, you know, I'll see, I'll see if I can put a good word in for you. Uh, well, you, you, yeah, well, you can do 50 times two. You can be back in there again. Sounds good, man. Well, thanks so much for joining us and keep up the great work. And I look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon. Yeah. You as well. So are you, are you in Utah? I'm in Park City, Utah. Yeah. I gotta go out there. Come on out. We have that little film festival in January, you know, the Sundance Film Festival. All right. I gotta get out there. And we'll physically reconnect. It's been it's been it's crazy that long. It's been a long time, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like we haven't I feel like we can pick up right exactly where we were before. And and even and even better in a lot of ways. This is really very cool. So Thank you for giving me that gift today. I really appreciate thank you. it. Um, thank you. You gave it to me. And I get to spread it to all LA. I wanted to today. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so I love much, it. Chris. Cool. Thank you. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chris Whiteout Living It. The greatest gift you can give us is to tell your friends. Tell your friends to tune in. Like us. Follow us. And we will do our best to bring you another great story next week. So... Thanks a ton, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to Chris Waddell Living It for more stories on the adaptive community, the Paralympics, artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, experts in the experience of being human. Also follow us on Spotify, Apple, Facebook, and Instagram. I look forward to seeing you next week.